talk to you today about getting your prayers answered. Amen? I mean, prayers answered. How many of I know if everybody in this room, if I was to say, if you want, you want to be an effective Christian, right? There's nobody who wants, you don't get in a professional career and want to be ineffective. You don't want to be a contractor like Nick and fail. That doesn't help you, right? You don't want to go into business in any area. Gary doesn't want to become a handyman and open his own faith works business just to fail. No, he wants to what? Succeed, okay? So it doesn't matter who we are or what age we are or where we come from or our backgrounds. The greatest thing about Jesus in the Bible is we're all on the same playing field, amen? It's all equal with God. It's all equal with him, which is good news. And if you want your prayers answered, there's nothing greater than having an answer to prayer, is there not? I mean, a real, solid, heavenly answer to prayer is powerful. So I want to talk to us about that, getting your prayers answered. One of the ways you're going to get your prayers answered is to become fully persuaded. To be fully persuaded that the Bible is 100% accurate and it can't lose. Amen. To be fully persuaded that with Jesus, nothing is impossible. Come on, persuaded. Some of you are persuaded with some things. You go outside. You all drove here on a car, in a car, right, or a truck, right? No one's on a donkey today? <laughs> Colt, you didn't ride your stallion, did you? <laughs> yeah, see what I mean? He's like, no, I rode, I rode in an air-conditioned vehicle with my, with, my, with my son. They just had a baby. Why don't you welcome the baby to the service for the first time? Tell us his name. Easton, that's right. That's what I thought. Easton, that's a beautiful name. Bless baby Easton, dear God, in Jesus' name. If you haven't met the baby before you leave today, go back there and kiss that baby. Amen? Not the mama. Give him some money. You know, it's, when you, you know if you're, if you're going to, you know what's the difference between a holy kiss and an unholy kiss? About 10 seconds. <laughs> so, yeah. If you're going to kiss somebody, if it's holy, it's a kiss on the cheek, you better go. If it goes beyond that, <laughs> get your prayers answered. So today I want to talk to you about being fully persuaded in the word of God, fully persuaded in the promises of God, because when you become fully persuaded, you can't be shaken. You can't be moved. Fully persuaded. So there's three things I want to talk to you about today. Number one, to get your prayers answered, you have to decide what you want from God and make a faith request. That's a big one. Decide what you want. See, God wants you to be specific. Very specific. Very, very specific. God knows, God needs to know exactly what you want. And I tell him all the time, Joe, gear, make Model, color, King Ranch, Ford, F-250, black, chrome package. Paul wants a boat in a new truck. I'm looking for my King Ranch when I walk out the door. <laughs> King Ranch. Where are you at, baby? Black, David, chrome package, <laughs> leather seats. 
You see, some of you have a different version. But so like, when, when you ask God, I'm telling you, you have to be specific with God. And it has to be based in faith. Number two, you have to decide what you want from God. That's what you got to do. But then you got to find the promises in the Bible from God that line up with that and begin to get those promises. Listen, this is where a lot of us have trouble. In your mouth. You got to get the promise of God for what you need in your mouth. It's got to come out of your mouth. It's got to be on your tongue. And the third thing I want to talk to you about is you have to, when you pray, you have to believe that you receive what you ask for immediately when you pray. I believe I receive right now. Now, the manifestation of it is going to happen. Could be a miracle. Could be in a week. Could be in a month. Could be in a year. You know what? You know why our prayers take long to get answered? Because God has to work on me to get me to the place that I can receive the answer. Amen? It's not so much on Him. So, okay, I want to show you number one decide what you want from God and make a request to God based in faith. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day at the wedding took place in Canaan at Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus' disciples also had been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said they have no more wine. Now, Miss Alice got on to me because I would call my wife, Pam, woman. Look at what Jesus answered his mother. Woman. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Ken. <laughs> I look at Diane. Woman. You know. And she shakes her head, too. She's like, boy, I don't like that. I remember saying it to my wife the first time. I said, woman. My kids laughed, huh, David? Oh, they laughed. Pam just looked at me like Alice did, rolled her eyes. I said, that's what Jesus called his mama, woman. Anyway, I'm sorry. I had to digress there for just a second. <laughs> Verse 4, woman, why do you involve me? My hour's not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, uh, the kind used uh, by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding about 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. That's an important statement. And he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And he did. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had turned to wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants had drawn it, uh, the water they knew. <coughs> then he called the bridegroom and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. Verse 11, what Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee was the first sign through which he received his glory and the last part of that verse is, his disciples believed in him. <laughs> Decide what you want from God and make a request based in faith. Mary's at a wedding, they're having a great time, and the wine runs out. Listen to her request. Hey, Jesus, we need your help. We ran out of wine. Listen to the specific request. Now, here's what you got to understand. You can make requests of God 
but he's not an easy person sometimes to make requests to. It's okay. I mean, you're not talking. I mean, think about this. When you go on your knees in prayer, you're not talking to me. You're talking to the master of the universe. Okay, so it's a big deal. There's protocol when you go see a governor. Could you imagine the protocol to go into the court of God? Okay, so you got to think about it here. So Jesus says to, 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 to his mama, he said, woman, I don't think so. Listen to it in the Message Bible. In the Message Bible, in verse 4, he said, Is that any of our business, mother, yours or mine? It isn't my time. Don't push me. <laughs> I just want you to think about it. She's asking Jesus to do something, and Jesus is obstinate. Wait. Hold on. Back up. Don't push me. But I want you to see, he's God in the flesh. He's God in the flesh, and he can be moved always by faith. Now, you got to remember, faith isn't your denomination. Faith isn't Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. Faith isn't that. Faith is believing the word of God, acting on the word of God. And if God's word says it, man, it's a power. It's an energy. It's a force. You can take faith and apply it to anything. So Mary used her faith. Mary made this faith confession. She is this she's her her faith confession was this. She was full of faith. She was full of she had full belief in Jesus' actions. She had full faith in Jesus' words. In this next statement, Mary is in full expectation. Listen, in this next verse, Mary is fully persuaded that Jesus can do anything. Persuaded, it means being fully convinced, to fully satisfy, to fully believe. Jesus said, don't push me, woman, and listen to how Mary responded. A declaration of faith. She turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you to do. <laughs> Think about it. Do whatever he tells you to do and walks away. Do whatever he tells you to do. That's the faith statement. That's the boldness of Mary. That's what faith does. Faith moves God. Hebrews 11.6 should be, if you're a part of the mission church, this scripture verse should be tattooed on your heart. <laughs> If you don't know this one now, you should be ashamed because we've, we've taught it for years. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Mary pushed God by using faith. Whatever he says, do it. Do whatever he tells you. It's an act of faith. She's saying, I'm believing, I'm expecting, I'm anticipating. I believe it. Now, how was Mary's faith so strong? Just think about Mary for a moment. By faith, Mary believed the words of the angel and she was supernaturally impregnated. <laughs> how? By faith. She said, she, she, 
she said to the word of God that came by the angel, she humbled herself and she was obedient to the word of God. And she said, be it done unto me according to your word. You hear the faith? She's got it, man. She said to that angel, okay, I got it. I'll take it. And by faith, she was impregnated. She watched her husband, Joseph, by faith, going to divorce her, but by faith, all of a sudden, has, starts having dreams. Dreams from God. Dreams to tell her to get married. Dreams to tell him to escape and take the baby with you. Dreams to tell him where to go live. Dreams to tell him when to come back. Dreams to tell him where to go, where to go stay and raise the boy. By faith. She, she has this faith going on and on and on. Faith. Faith in God. Faith. By faith, she saw the word of God come to her old cousin Elizabeth by an angel. And by faith, she got impregnated in her own age. When she showed up, by faith, the baby in her womb leaped. And he, she was filled with the Holy Spirit with John the Baptist. How was all this done? By believing God by being persuaded that God can do anything, by having a full expectation, a full belief. Well, I'm speaking to somebody today because you either you got your ears on or you checked out thinking about Father's Day. I don't know. I hope you got your ears on. Amen? I'm telling you, faith is the answer. She was persuaded and she used faith. And then she saw Jesus grow in the favor of God and man is what the scripture says. Amen? She believed in Jesus. She believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And she put her faith into action. Whatever he says, do it. I'm telling you, there's, there's your faith cry. When you have a need, you have to be very specific. And you have to believe that no matter whatever that need is, Jesus is able. Amen? Come on, the Bible says he's able to do exceeding, abundantly, Above all, we ask or think. To get your prayers answered, you must get faith involved. You must say something by faith. You must make a declaration by faith to the thing that you need to happen. I don't know what you need to happen, but we're all at different levels in life and we all need different things. How many of you need things from God in your prayers answered? Okay, whatever that is, I'm telling you, this is, a, this is a key to it. The next thing that happened is after she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. I want you to see the reaction to the servants. Jesus told them, see those jars over there? Fill them with water. Now again, here's where we get in trouble. But these people, when they were told to go fill the jugs, they had swift, quick obedience to the word of God. And Brother Paul, there was no debate. Some of you need to bite your tongue and quit debating with God and debating with the book and respond by faith. And when he said fill the jars with water, go fill the jar with water. Amen? It doesn't have to make sense to you. It's the obedience that matters. It, listen, when I stood over there and I believe I had that word that somebody's here and they're going through a heaviness and an impossibility in their own life. And your impossibility might be you need $20 to put in your gas tank today. 
My impossibility may be different, but that same impossibility is in you. And I'm telling you, I had to stand right there. And by faith, I had to walk over here and have enough courage to say it. And believe that God wants to help somebody and lead somebody. And somebody needs to hear that. And God's going to remove that weight. It's quick obedience. I don't have to understand that. Naaman the Syrian was a leper. Under all of his arm, captain of the host of the armies of Israel. I mean, the champion leader. But when he took his armor off, he was a leper. And he goes to the prophet <laughs> to get a word from the prophet for the prophet to come out and pray for him so he can be healed by God. The prophet doesn't even go out to meet him at his house. Nathan shows up and they come and they say, hey, Nathan's here. He, he calls the little servant boy. Hey. Tell him to go dip seven times in the Jordan River and he'll be healed. And he goes back to what he's doing. And this little servant boy comes out to the four-star general of the army and says, uh, the prophet said, go to the Jordan River and dunk seven times and you'll be healed. You know what he did? He debated. He got upset. He got mad. I'm telling you, when these moments come, when the instructions come, don't debate the instructions. Finally, the one of the lower corporals turned to the general and said, he didn't ask a hard thing from you, man. If you go down to the Jordan River and dip seven times, maybe it'll work out and you'll be healed. He said, okay. And when he finally obeyed the word of the Lord, what happened? He dipped seven times and got healed. This is the story. There was no debate. They filled the jars to the brim. When Jesus tells you to do something, do it. I mean, do the do it. They didn't, listen, they could have filled them halfway. They said, man, they're, 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 there's 20 jars here and there's 60. They, they, hold all the, they hold 20 gallons and there's all these jars. They're not going to fill them all. Let's fill half of them. Let's, fill a, let's only fill them halfway or let's only fill two or three of them. See, that's how we get Jesus is on the boat with Peter, and he says, throw your net for a catch. And Peter didn't throw any of his nets. He threw the old broken net that wasn't even any good anymore, and he didn't obey Jesus. See, he obeyed him, but he didn't throw the best. He could have took all of his nets and threw all of his nets over, and not just one net would have got filled. He would have filled them all. You see, it's the act of faith. They filled them to the brim, not partway, not almost full, not halfway full, all the way to the top. Faith believes God to the top. <laughs> if you're going to believe, man, you might as well believe for something big, right? How about you? If you're going to use your faith, you say, Andrew, you're believing for a king ranch truck. Yes, I am. Why? He's already given me four. Why can't he give me five? And this time I've got some stuff inside me that says, I know what I want. I know what I like. And I'm asking my daddy for something exceedingly abundantly above. Why? Because he can meet my need. What about you? God can meet your need, period. Amen. So here's the thing. Quick obedience to the word of God brings breakthrough. Quick obedience to the word of God in faith brings the impossible. Swift, unquestionable obedience to the word of God brings God's best on the scene. They didn't just get some kind of wine. He didn't give them Boone's Farm. <laughs> he didn't give them some cheap, you know, 
country fair wine. No, no, no. When they tasted the water that went to wine, Jesus, the master of the host, tasted it and said, unbelievable. Best of the best. See, when Jesus answers your requests, he wants to do it the best of the best. Amen? How to get your prayers answered. I'm telling you how you do it. How you do it. The Bible says in, in John 2, 11, when Jesus did this miracle, the last part of chapter 2, verse number 11, says his disciples believed on him. This is how big it was. After the disciples saw the miracle, they placed their faith in him. They started to become persuaded. Man, this dude's something else. They began to become persuaded. How long have you been a Christian? How long have you been coming to church? You got to stop coming to church to be entertained by some preacher, and you better start learning your Bible and start doing what it says to do. That's how you get it. That's how you get it. You don't need to come here and be entertained by me. You need to read this book and learn the principle and put faith into action and start calling some things and speaking to some things and saying, with God, all things are possible. It may be impossible for me, and I don't know my, I don't know how to get out of it, but you know what? He can get me out of it. I've been in some impossible situations that in the midst of them, I thought, this is it. It's over. I'm bankrupt. They're repossessing the house. I got no money. And then just like that, it turned around. <laughs> Knocking on the door to bankruptcy and losing it all. And God, like that. How fast? Just like that. Answered the prayer just that quick. Mary asked for specific help. So if you're writing notes today, be specific. If you need wine, you ask for wine. You need food, you ask for food. You need money, you ask for money. If you need clothes, you should tell him specifically. I need shoes, size 12. 12 wide shoes. I need them. I like Nike. <laughs> you should tell him. You know what I mean? He should say, man, I need some clothes. Brother Paul believed for suits. And the guy came to him after church one day and said, Lord told me to take you out and buy you clothes. Hey, Brother Paul. He was an absolute problem. He was believing God for clothes. I was, believing God, I was believing God for vehicles for my kids. And this guy comes to me after church and he goes, what are you doing after service today? I said, I don't know what you need. I need you to come by my house. I got a car for you. I said, let's go. <laughs> I got a car for you. Showed up in his driveway there. It's sitting there. Pulls the title out, signs it to me, hands me the keys and says, God bless you. I thought, woohoo, glory to God. Why? I am no better than you are, no different than you are, but I'm asking, I'm believing, I'm making faith requests and statements. These things don't happen instantaneously. They, well, they can. But most of the time, it requires T-I-M-E. You got to get persuaded. Your faith needs to go into action. Okay, we good? You've got to become persuaded. How long have you been a Christian? Are you persuaded yet? Things shouldn't shake you as much now. You know the world's going to go inside out and upside down in the end times. You know right now you're an end time church and the world's going to go inside out and upside down. And when the world shakes, you shouldn't shake. 
It doesn't mean that you're not nervous about it and don't understand it. There's no hope for the 2024 election. Your hope is not in a president to take office. Our hope is Jesus the Christ. And if you take your hope out of Washington and put it right here, then you'll see God do something in our nation. The answer will come from this house, not Washington. The answer will come you believing God on your knees here, and then God will do something there. He'll shake us to shake a nation. But you can sit here and do nothing, and you'll get nothing. Do something. Get on your knees and be bold enough to ask God for what you want. God, I need you to move on my life. I need, I need help right here. And believe. And make a faith statement. Number two. All right. Decide what you want from God and then find the promises from God to do it. Find his promise and then put that promise in your mouth and confess that promise to God. Confess it back to him. First book of your Bible is the book of Genesis. You can write these scriptures down. I don't have time to go through all of them because there's too many chapters and verses when we talk about Abraham. God calls Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to give you a very fast overview. You'll catch it. You know most of these stories. In Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abram. He said, I'll make, here's the promise from God. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing to the nations. There's the promise of God to a man. This Bible right here has thousands of promises from God in it for you. Thousands. They're everywhere. Prosperity, healing, deliverance. You just name it. What do you need? Substance, provision, protector, provider, king, priest, husband, wife. It's all here. The promises of God, there's thousands of them. They got full books you can buy, but nothing but the promises of God. And it's the promises of God in scripture verses from the beginning to the end. Big, thick books, promises of God. They estimate from what I can understand, there's, almost, there's over 7,000 promises. <laughs> 7,000 promises from God to you. Here's one that God gave to Abram. I'm going to give you, I'm going to bless you. The word, this word came to Abram at age 75. It's very important that you catch it. He's 75 years old and God promises him this. In Genesis chapter number 13, God promises him children. Here's the promise, Genesis 13, 16. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one count the dust of the earth, your offspring also cannot be counted. Amen? I'm going to give you so much offspring, it's going to be like the dust of the earth. You're going to have so many children, it's going to be uncountable. That's the promise. He receives his promise from God. In chapter number 15, Abraham is still childless, even though God says you're going to be this father of nations. And Abram goes to God and he asks, what's going on? I don't have a son yet. Listen to the conversation. After the Lord came to Abram in a vision, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. I'm your great reward. There's another promise. I'm your shield. 
I'm your great reward. He answered, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And no one is here to inherit my estate except Eleazar of Damascus. You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir? Listen to what God responds. God responds with the promise. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood. That will be your heir. He took him outside and he said, look up and count the stars. If indeed you count them, then he said, so shall your offspring be. God is given the promise to Abraham over and over and over. He's telling him, verse 6, Abraham finally catches it. And the Bible says, Abraham believed the Lord and it was accredited to him as righteousness. He walked outside after having his conversation, looked up, saw the stars, and instantly he started to believe. Are you persuaded yet? See, he's starting to be persuaded. God keeps telling him, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to help you. As the dust is, so will your offspring be. As the stars are, so I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm your shield. I'm your reward. I'm your God. I'm going to do something for you. You've got to start reading the promises of God for your life. God is saying these same things to us. Amen? If you get these promises in you, you'll start to believe. You'll start to be persuaded. You'll start to think, man, God really is on my side. God really does want to help me. God's really not against me. Here's a big secret. God did not, God the Father did not send Jesus to this earth to condemn you. He's doing everything he can to rescue you and give you a blessed life. Jesus will never condemn you. He didn't come to condemn you. He came as the Savior of the world to rescue the world. Jesus won't condemn you. He'll forgive you. Amen? That's good. That's really good. So here, here he is now becoming persuaded. 11 years go by and he's 86 years old. Come on, time. See, he, he, God's given him promises and this man's still trying to figure it out. Ten, 11 years go by. He's 86 years old in chapter 16. Abraham, or Abram takes matters into his own hand. He lived 10 years in the land of Canaan and, and his wife gave him Hagar the Egyptian, the servant, and she gave him to him as a wife. Listen, Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Listen, God doesn't need your help answering his prayers. <laughs> I don't need your help. You know, there's an old saying in, in my house when we would be doing something, I'd be cooking in the kitchen, and you know they say too many cooks spoil the stew? I'd look at my family and say, get out of the Kool-Aid, man. I'm cooking. If you're cooking, cook, right? Let me do my thing. If you want to do it, well, then do it. But get out of the Kool-Aid. So I'm telling you, God's telling you something here. God doesn't need your help. God needs your faith. God needs you persuaded. God needs you to make faith statements. Leave all the work up to him. So he has a son, Ishmael. Listen, 13 years later after Ishmael, verse 17, Abraham is now 99 years old. 
God's still giving him promises, but time's involved. Now, now God makes Abraham do something. Now, God decides, I'm going to get involved one more time, Abram. I'm going to get involved one more time in your life, and I'm going to give you another promise, but I need you to do something and obey me. See, Abram wasn't quick to be obedient. He wasn't swift. He got some things right, but he didn't just strike while the iron was hot. <laughs> he, he, he was like me, man. He's, he, I, he fell down a few times. <laughs> How many of you get it all right? If you got it all right, come on up here. We'll line up. You need to pray for us. <laughs> you getting it all right? Anybody 100% yet? Okay. I don't know what percentage I am right, but I don't want to know. <laughs> I might think I'm, I'm about 8%, and the Lord says, no, you're about 0. .000. <laughs> anyway. But God gets involved. God has grace on Abram. Somebody say, thank God for grace. I mean, just think about it. He's messing it up. He's not getting it right. He sleeps with him. He marries another woman, has another son from a different woman thinking this is going to be the one. And God's grace shows up in, verse seven, in chapter 17. God steps in. Now, God does something. And he makes Abram change his name. He makes him change his name. He said, you'll no longer be called Abram, but you'll be called Abraham, father of many nations. He made Abraham put the promise in his mouth. And everywhere he went, he began to say, I'm the father of nations I'm the father. What's your name? I'm Abram. I'm Abraham. You're the father of nations? Yes. See, you name your kids something just because you like the name. There's nothing wrong with that. But in the Bible, they name people things because God named them things because the name means something. And he said, I'm going to change your name to Abraham because I'm calling you the father of many nations. And he put the promise in his mouth. This is powerful. Please don't miss it. Hebrews 3 and verse number 1 says, Jesus is the high priest of your confession. Abraham began to confess the promise everywhere he went. 1 John 1, 9, if you confess with your mouth, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you what? Confess with your mouth. If I confess with my mouth, I can get my sins forgiven. If you don't do no confessing, he doesn't say, say it in your head, say it in your heart. No, no such thing as a silent prayer request. <laughs> you don't have to say it to me, but you got to say it to him. Amen. You got to do some confessing. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be what? Saved. For with the heart man believes on the righteousness, with the mouth confession is made. Come on, say confession is made. You've got to confess the promise. That's, the, that's how it works. You confess the promise. He made Abraham change his name. He took Abraham and he says, I've got to get you to change what you're saying because what you're saying is wrong i got to get you to say what I say. 
I got to get your, your prayer request and your mouth lined up. It has to become in sync. Confess the promise of God. Abraham begins to confess to everyone, my name is Abram, I'm the father of many nations. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and he said, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and multiply you greatly. There's the promise. Verse 19, so Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. He promises him exactly what he's going to get. The promise. You're going to bear a son. You're going to have a son. You're going to call his name Isaac. Here's the promise. I will establish my covenant with him. It'll be an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. He promises that to him. In Genesis chapter number 18, the Lord said, Surely I will return to you about a year from now. Next year, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent. God's talking to him, promising him. Now God says, next year at this time, she'll be pregnant and you're going to have a boy. In chapter number 21, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac, his son, was born. A hundred. All right, now I've been showing some numbers at you. He started to receive the message at 75. From 75 to 99, he didn't have his confession right. When he made his confession and he lined his mouth up to the promise of God, in one year, it all came to pass. Oh, somebody should have got excited about that. I'll say it to myself. Glory to God, brother. Say it again. Jesus is Lord. Glory. So you want your answers to your prayers when he lined his mouth up to the promise and confessed it for a solid year. He became so persuaded because he said it over and over and over and over and over. If I say it, I believe it. If I believe it, I say it. When I say it, I believe it. When I believe it, I say it. Is that not true? Come on. You've read it for 24 years. His confession was wrong. But then in Romans chapter 4, the Bible says, against all hope that he may become the father of many nations according to which was spoken to him, so shall your seed be. Verse 19, not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body dead, for he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God. He staggered not at the promise of God. He staggered not at the promise of God. Get the promise of God and get it in your mouth and say it and say it and say it and say it and confess it and believe it and say, I believe God's going to save my family. I believe God's going to redeem my life. I believe God's going to do something great. And stand on the scripture. Stagger not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Romans 4, 21, and being fully persuaded. And being what? Fully persuaded. That what he promised, he was able to perform. That what he promised, he was able to perform. Church, I'm telling you that what he promises you, he's able to do it. What he promises you, he's able to do it. 
When he promises, he's able to do it. He needs someone to believe the promise. Jeremiah 1.12, the Bible says in Jeremiah 1.12 that God is watching over his word to perform it. Jeremiah 1.12, God says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. You begin to confess the word of God in Psalm 103. says the angels of God hearken to the voice of the word of God. You start confessing the promise and the angels start coming. The angels perk up. They said, dude, they're calling on us, man. You know what the angels are? Ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Ministering spirits. You say, what can an angel do? Read your Old Testament where the prophet laid down because he was exhausted. And the angel woke him up and said, hey, it's time to eat. And Elijah said, what? And the angel made him a cake over the hot coals and had some water for him. <laughs> Glory to God. What can the angel do for you? If you'll believe, angels can help you do all kinds of things. We don't worship those angels. Those angels are messengers of God to help us. Jesus is Lord. So if the angel comes, first off, you've got to make sure that that angel's right. And the second thing, if it gives you something, it's got to align with the promise. But the angel came and gave him some food. Isaiah 55 the Bible says, my word goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It will not become useless. It will accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper to the thing where I sent it. Glory be to God. Abraham was fully convinced, fully persuaded, fully believed in the promise of God. You want your prayers answered? Number one, decide what you want from God. And make a faith prayer request. Number two, find that in the Word of God and find the promise of God and begin to confess the promise of God. You promised this to me. You promised to bless me, to help me. He's promised you the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. He said the Holy Spirit will never leave you, never forsake you. He'll teach you, guide you, walk with you, help you, show you things to come. He'll be the great revelator in your life. He'll, be, he'll stick to you closer than a brother. When everybody else leaves you, he'll never go away. Okay, so if you want to begin to experience him in that way, you better start saying something. You better start confessing some promise. You better start asking, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, you've been, you've been, you're my tour guide. You're my comforter, my counselor, my paraclete. I need your help. And then listen and believe and confess. I'm telling you, God likes that. You got to become fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Embrace the promises of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. How many promises? All of them. My last point to you is this, and then we're going to stand and we're going to, we're going to close. Point number three, pray and believe that you have what you ask for when you pray. Pray that you believe that you get it when? Right now. When, does, when, when did my answer to prayer came? When I prayed it. When do I believe I receive it? Right now. When is it going to happen for me? Now. I'm praying and I'm believing and I'm receiving it now. 
because God can do a miracle now. It could take time, but that's okay. In the time you keep confessing the promise, you keep making faith declarations, you keep doing those things, standing on the promise until you get so fully persuaded that I ain't leaving, I'm not going down. I went so far with that stupid plantar's fasciitis in my foot that the doctor said, you're going to only way to get it fixed is to have surgery. And I said, I've got a great physician. <laughs> He's never lost the case. I got a great physician that has never failed ever. I got the greatest doctor. I got the greatest medical planet. I mean, I got the greatest medical plan that's out of this world. You don't have a medical plan? I'll hook you up to one. And I believed and confessed the promise of God for my healing. I believed and confessed the promise of God for my foot to be healed. I limped, I walked, I hurt. Everything that had braces and so I mean, every, everything I could do naturally, I did naturally. All the natural remedies and doctor remedies I did and was miserable. And then the day came where I walked into that back door and the word of knowledge came. You're here, your knees hurt, your back hurts, your feet hurt. I said, man, I got it all. You know what I'm doing? I'm responding to that word. As the pastor of the church, I came down and the person said, oh my goodness, you got khaki pants on. I said, yeah. She said, in the word of knowledge, that was one of the things. The Lord said, the person's wearing khaki pants, and I just didn't have enough guts to say it. <laughs> they laid hands upon me. The electricity of God went through my whole body. It was like a big thump that just, like electricity just kept going through me. When the electricity stopped, all my pain was gone. My knees didn't hurt. My back didn't hurt. My foot didn't hurt. And the plantar's fasciitis that I needed to have surgery on, it was gone too. And I, I limped in, but boy, I ran out of this place. Hallelujah. You don't know how good it is to be able to walk when you can't walk. Why? God answers prayer. But you got to believe. I believed... I received my healing six months before it manifested. Amen? And there's times where my wife would say, that don't look good. And she'd get mad at me. I'd say, don't look at it. <laughs> and she'd come over and she'd say, do you want help with that? I'd say, no, healed men don't need help. And I, and I had to tell her, baby, I need your faith and your belief, not your sympathy. Now, sympathy is okay because she's my wife. I'm not saying that to her. But sympathy and empathy could have put me in a wheelchair. Oh, baby, don't worry about it. I'll do it for you. No, I don't need you to do it for me. Uh-uh. Had a blowout. I'll give you an example. Had a blowout on the interstate yesterday. Called my wife, and I said, all my tools are at the shop, and I'm on the side of the road with an absolute, total, shredded tire blowout. She said, call roadside assistance. I said, no. I said, I am roadside assistance. <laughs> and I said, bring my tools. And she did, and I fixed a truck. Just a tire. 
But what I'm saying to you is you've got to believe. You've got to push. You've got to stand on some things. You've got to go the extra mile. You can't give up. And when you don't know what to do and it seems bleak and dark, you find someone to believe with you. That's why I can't tell you everything I go through. Because you may not believe with me for it. You may not agree with me for it. I don't need your unbelief. I don't need it. I got to deal with it enough on my own. I don't need your unbelief. I don't need your sympathy. I don't need your empathy. I need someone to make a faith request. I need someone to say, I'll stand on the promise of God with you. And my wife said, okay, Andrew, let's stand on the promise of God. I need your faith. So instead of her saying, you look bad, you shouldn't walk, you, all those things, she would just come over and lay hands on me and pray for me. We believe we receive healing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll stand on the promise of God. Quote a healing scripture, Pam, and did. Yeah. And if you can't do that, find someone to help you. And if you can't find someone to help you, you know what you need? Duct tape. Put the duct tape on. Keep your big mouth shut. Don't say nothing. Just bite your tongue because it's coming. The breakthrough's coming. Believe you receive. Stand to your feet. Here's the scripture. Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Pray believing. Pray believing like Mark 9, 23. With God, all things are possible. Amen. Pray believing that you receive. <coughs> Pray that it's going to happen now. Not next week. Not tomorrow. Now faith. Amen. How many of you today want your prayers answered? Amen. We do, right? We do. Learn something today. Learn something today. Make a real request. Speak it out by faith. Find a promise and then believe for it. Listen, because as soon as you start doing these things, hell's going to come against you. The wind will blow. You start believing for money and the first thing that will go away from you is all your money. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you'll start believing for supernatural financial breakthrough and your engine will blow up on your truck. Oh, jeez. I didn't have $10 and now I need $3,000. You know what you got to do? You got to put on that duct tape and believe God. You promised you'd help me. I don't understand where it's going to come from, but I'm believing you. Amen. We're going to make a declaration together, and if you need special prayer, I'll be down front to pray for you, and we'll sing one song, and then we'll go enjoy Father's Day, amen? Amen. I'm going to say, you repeat after me, let's make a declaration together. Say this, I repent of the sin of fear, doubt, and unbelief. I declare by faith what God did at any other time. He can do for me now. What God did in any other place, he can do for me here. What God did for any other people, he can do for me and my family. I declare by faith, I'm just like Abraham. I'm fully persuaded that what he promised, he's able to perform it. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah, he's able to perform.